Hey there, listeners. My name is Stephen Hensley. Crystal Majors here. And I am Sarah Benitez, and we are here with the third episode, uh, Transportation, School Choice Policy, and the Inequities in Transportation. Uh, So the goal of School Choice Policy is to provide students and families with the options to attend competitive public charter schools that guarantee students academic achievement and success, especially, especially if they are within a failing public school district. First, we'll go ahead and cover the historical context to give you guys an idea of what has happened in the past. So after the 1954 Brown v. Board of Education, in which the Supreme Court overruled the principle of separate but equal, early school desegregation efforts allowed Black students to transfer to white schools and relied on parent choice. And then in 1968, Green v. County School Board of New Kent County Um, The court ruled that to ensure racial balance in schools, desegregation plans should be judged by factors, including the ratio of black and white students and faculty, as well as um, equality in facilities and transportation. Yeah, and some court orders mandated using school transportation as a way to desegregate. And so according to uh, the article Intersection Ahead, transportation was used as a primary tool and it resulted in a drop in the percent of black students attending mostly black schools through the 1980s. However, uh, busing programs were effective in desegregating schools, but there was constant resistance from white families. And we really see that reflected by a 1974 Supreme Court case which the Supreme Court struck down a multi-district desegregation plan in Detroit in Milliken v. Bradley, which would have required Detroit School Board, uh, the Detroit School Board, to um, acquire hundreds of buses to provide transportation. Um, the ruling did conclude that states were not responsible for desegregation across district lines. And while that is correct, despite the ruling in 1975, Boston still made efforts uh, and a court order plan to desegregate. And again, white parents were really upset and they just rioted. And then Sarah, fast forward that to 2018. And now like 44 states have had charter school laws um, serving roughly 3 million of our students, which is 5% of the U.S. public school population. And we know that number just continues to grow, especially like as we see more charter schools in the urban areas, downtown, Indianapolis, things things like that. And then the secretary, um, so Betsy DeVos, she supports school choice policy voucher programs and charter schools. Yeah, and actually here in the state of Indiana, there is Indiana charter legislation in section 4A, which is a proposal to establish a charter school. It must contain a transportation plan. And so services that a school corporation provides to a charter school, including transportation, may be provided at no more than 103% of the actual cost of the services. However, there are four states in the country that do not have charter laws that contain transportation provisions. And so with this information, guys, and this historical context in mind, is our education, our government system doing what they can to close the inequities within transportation? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question. I mean, in the last episode, we discussed um, if we send our, I were to send a child, my child, to a school that is segregated, but academically successful, and I had the means to do that. Is that, I mean, what kind of, am, am I making a moral ethical decision? And I think it's kind of like, it's the same kind of question is, 
you know, if I have the resources to do that, it to send my kid wherever I want to send them because I have the option to do that. Is that creating equity or not? And then as, you know, teachers, school leaders, admins, we have community stakeholders, are we providing resources to all students or just the students who have resources, they're able to do what they want to do. Yeah, and along with that, Stephen, like, I feel like, you know, we're taking the steps, like, we're slowly trying to close those gaps for, you know, segregation, especially in terms of transportation. But like we mentioned in our introduction episode, there is such a thing as interest convergence. And like, right now, you know, sometimes the government doesn't always want to benefit education only if it also benefits them. So like, once they see a need to, you know, break down these barriers and inequities in transportation only if it is an interest for both of them. And right now, I don't think education is our top priority in the United States. All right, so um, great points. Let's go ahead and move on into our inequities. Uh, so school choice policy has neglected to effectively address the inequities in transportation for public charter schools in the following areas. The first one is school choice transportation policy has caused segregation of minority students of color, specifically black students, as Stephen had noted earlier in his episode. So the limits of the free options of free transportation to choice schools outside of a student's immediate community um, does affect that as well. And so, for example, the provision of transportation and subsidized lunches is likely essential to the process of attracting those low income and minority students. And the location of charter school also affects student body diversity. And as a result, it is important to provide equitable transportation support. And due to the limited or sometimes non-existent uh, transportation op op options, public charter schools exacerbate the segregation of low income and minority students. And the result is racial isolation. Yes, Sarah, in states like New Jersey, Indiana, and New York have well over 60% of charter students um, who are black, while less than 20% of traditional public school students are actually black. So let's go ahead and move on to the second uh, inequity, which is school choice transportation policy, and it removes the idea of education choices for marginalized low-income families. Yeah, you know, typically public schools that are forced to close down, especially in the inner city schools, um, you know, a charter school is developed in place of those. And that even happened with my high school. Um, I was the last graduating class of Emmerich Manual until it got turned into a charter school. And then, but one thing that people don't realize is, you know, there are two sides of that fence for the inequities to, to cause or to happen. So on one side, there are certain charter schools that, you know, they, um, just like Manual and other charter school, uh, other public schools that are failing, a charter school takes them over. And then within that charter school holds or houses all the minority students. So they are kind of, you know, in a way segregated in that charter school. But on the other side, um, you know, some charter schools, like like we've mentioned about the boundary lines, um, you know, are they decide to keep out marginalized populations because of those segregation lines. Yeah, exactly. And this section of the policy neglects to truly offer students and families that choice due to the limited transportation options that are available to them. Yes, and since charter schools do not have borders, or adequate transportation for the most part, many families are only left with one choice. And so we, research is showing that transportation and distance are really important factors in how families weigh school choice options. Um, 
polling conducted by the Center on Reinventing Public Education found that lack of transportation is a common barrier to choice, particularly for low-income and minority parents. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the third inequity, which is the school choice transportation policy has exacerbated the inequities of funding for those neighboring public schools. And so school choice policy has left many public schools with inadequate funding for the students and families that it actually serves. And there is currently no law that provides protection for these public schools when authorizing the development of new charter schools. Um, you know, this is probably because of Betsy DeVos that it's like, you know, schools are just popping up out of nowhere and there's nothing that's really protecting those public schools. And so according to lay for school choice policy forces local school boards to agree to the development of new charter schools. And when students and families elect to move to a charter school, their funding is obviously taken with them. And that local school board is still responsible for paying 103% of the cost of transportation. Mm -hmm. So this inequity has forced many public schools to cut funding in so many areas. And so as we come to a close, we can provide a brief recommendation for our analysis. Um, and I think uh, the biggest one is to adjust the policies as they begin to lose their effectiveness. So we've seen with the historical context, how they have changed and how they no longer are working. And in the past, they made those adjustments. And so now can we make those adjustments? Yeah, and Sarah, along with that, so, you know, policies, just like Gloria Lanson Billing said, like our policies or our laws are not broken. They're just doing what they were meant to do. So we really need to look at this like with our critical policy analysis lens and we need to you know ask ourselves who are the people in power that have been creating these policies and implementing them and how do we go about you know changing who those people are in power so that we can have not just effective policies but equitable policies yeah all right guys that concludes our episode thank you so much